Welcome to Shh, We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Kalina. And this is Salette. And we are happy you are back to join us. We are a podcast for reading and enjoying paranormal romance novels. And uh, yay. Yay. This is the next episode. (laughs) This episode. This is how we introduce ourselves. We say all that and then there's an awkward silence. Because it's it's weird (laughs) to have to do this every time somehow. Yes. It's all right. So... I think we both have our dogs in our rooms. Is that true? Yeah. Well, he's he's sitting outside the room looking at me. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and well, as long as he stays cool, I won't close the door on him just because it's so hot. Yeah. I don't want to be trapped in my room. <laughs> yeah. I'm in my room, too. I've stopped sitting in my closet because I'm saying, fuck it. I've been able well, to edit out the noise in the background, so I, I think I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Pancakes on my bed, so. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that's our our dogs. Mm-hmm. My dog is injured because he's dumb. <laughs> no, he's not. But he was just playing too hard with one of his dog friends and they bit him. And now he has stitches and the, the hole where the bite was. And he had to have a tube in his chest and it got removed today. And now he's sad because I keep putting him in t-shirts to cover his <laughs> owie. So he, so he doesn't lick the wound. Because you can't, he, where the wound is on his chest, we can't really put a collar around him. Yeah. Because it would irritate the stitches. So he has to wear t-shirts instead. I think that's awesome. He looks great in yep. t-shirts. You should put up a picture of him in a t-shirt. <laughs> okay. On our website. Or on our I will. <laughs> social media. I think that would be I amazing. Will do that. <laughs> <laughs> he so. just looks so confused. But yes. so I think we let's get our our life plan thing out of the way. Just do a real quick update. I don't know if you okay. have one. Mine's super quick. I don't have anything. Nothing. Yeah. No. There's been no progress for me. I've been at a standstill for a month and I need to find something else. So yeah. it's been Yep. No, nothing there. Okay. I do have other news to share, I guess, with the podcast, because at some point I have to. Yeah. Uh, If you don't want to share it here, you don't have to. I thought I could just say it. This is big. So if you can't. We don't have to. I know, but I, I kind of feel like I should. And then I can just... We don't have to talk about it. Sure. I don't really, that I can do that. So, um, a week ago, Patrick informed me that for a number of months he's been struggling um, and realizing that he is gay. So, we are not together as a couple anymore because um well i am not a gay man so that doesn't work out for him (laughs) anymore and uh so yes that's about it okay yeah yeah well thanks for sharing that i i do think that is important for for our listeners and stuff to know as we go on and you know talk about our lives and different things that happen in these books. So yeah. is that your yeah. comfort level? Well, whenever? I imagine that for a while, some of our topics are going to be harder for me to talk about. Yes. And I just, I think the context of, of this will help people understand why mm-hmm. 
I might struggle with some of the things. Just because, yeah, this is, it sucks. Yes, it does. I mean, I still, I still love him and he's a good guy and all of that. And we're still friends. We still live together. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, obviously this isn't, you know, there's no malicious intent here or, you know, desire to be, to cause pain, but it, it's, it hurts. Yeah. It's not what I wanted. And now I have to kind of rearrange my, you know, life plan and future. So, mm-hmm. And you and I, you know, we quote unquote grieve the same way. So I totally know how you feel and I never want to talk about it. But, <laughs> you know, I think that you made an, appoint- an important point that as we continue to do what we do here on the podcast and try to relate to stories, you know, it's going to be harder for you to talk about it in that sense. So having the listeners and and even me understand what it is that you're going through is important. So if you do want to talk about it, obviously we're here. I'm here. Emily's here. If not, I get it. We'll just sit and eat popcorn all (laughs) day long if that's what we need to do. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We will. Yeah. But so yeah, so that's that's that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you a quickie then. Okay. And we can go from there. So what is your favorite theater show that you've ever been to, that you've ever seen? And it could be anything that you've ever seen. Oh. <laughs> waiting for him to hopefully he'll delay. He's, he came up to me because every time I cry, he gets really Aww. like... He's like, what's wrong, Mom? He is. Aww. So he come, He tries to come and comfort me. <laughs> sweet boy. Which is very sweet. Um, I think, God, I've seen so many that I really have enjoyed. Yeah. I love going to live theater. That'll be something that's fun to do again once. Oh, yes. Um, you know, once the, the world is back mm-hmm. <laughs> up and running a bit. I think one of the most impressive ones... That was a little, like, unexpected, but was fantastic, was I saw a live theater production of Young Frankenstein. Mm. And did I see it twice? I feel like I did. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I saw it here when it came through here in Denver, and then I feel like I saw it in London. I know I went to a show in London when I was out there with Violet, but I just... I don't remember what we saw. I thought it was a. I thought it was Young Frankenstein. It's just such a like. If anyone isn't familiar with it, it's um a Mel Brooks movie with Gene Wilder, mm-hmm. the guy from Willy Wonka with the crazy hair, and it's you know a story of Frankenstein and making a monster and stuff. But it's just it's really humorous and funny because it's like musical and yeah. slapstick comedy. It was Mel Brooks and it's Mel Brooks. <laughs> I mean, come on, yeah. you know. So it was just a really good show, especially the one that stands out most in my mind is the one I saw here in in, in Denver that came through. And it was just, it had these incredible sets with like these lightning tubes and stuff that, you know, went off and it was just, it was a really good. And I think I just, I knew I liked the movie and it came through. So I was like, oh, I'll go see it. But I was surprised at how well it was adapted for a, for a play, like nice. a stage play. Because mm-hmm. it's not, I mean, it was a movie first, but yeah. I liked that. I mean, I love any Shakespeare. I will see any Shakespeare done by any troupe. Okay. At all. I love watching Shakespeare plays live. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Well, for me, I haven't seen very many. I've seen a couple of school plays. <laughs> and I don't think I've actually seen like a like a play, like a theater, like even a Shakespeare play. Um, oh. I've seen the more, I guess, artistic ones. So I've seen magic shows, obviously. I've seen Chris Angel in Vegas and different ballets. I've, well, not different ballets. Like I've seen a ton. I've seen The Nutcracker and another one that I don't remember what it was. And a Shaolin show where they were traveling. It was a traveling group of Chinese Shaolin monks, or I don't, actually, I think they were monks and different actresses and stuff. And they were acrobatics and super athletic. And it was their show was incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably my favorite one because it was just so delicate and graceful and just it was you know the music the music was amazing and just their display of like athleticism and martial arts and all of that on a stage like doing mm-hmm. things that you mm-hmm. could never imagine anybody doing oh and i've seen some Cirque du Soleil too which is amazing stuff but i've never seen like an actual theater show i think besides like west side story oh at in the west at west high school <laughs> you know what i mean yeah 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 so that and what was it, Steel Magnolias or something? I don't remember. I only remember them doing "You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown." Oh, I don't even remember that. <laughs> we that's were the only we one weren't I the remember. drama kids. Yeah, we weren't in that crew. But yeah, that's that. That's it for me. Yeah, that was cool. The closest. Yeah. I really do want to go to see to more more theater shows though, and I love ballets. I think they're beautiful. Yes, I I love theater. I love acting, and I love. I just lo- I go like every Christmas. We usually go see. Either Christmas Carol mm, or mm-hmm. sometimes a white Christmas comes through or the Nutcracker. I try not to see that every year because at the end, I-, I like ballet, but it doesn't change as much for me as theater does. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to like, see Wicked. I heard that one was amazing. It's probably good. Yeah. Hamilton was fantastic. You've seen Hamilton? Yes. Have I you ever Hamilton. seen the Book of Mormon? Yes. Oh, you get to see the <laughs> good ones. They're both really good. Oh, lucky. That's amazing. <laughs> yes i love i love theater i you know i strongly recommend it it's fun all right so yeah well that's uh comes up because our book takes place in new york and at one point the characters go to the theater yes so that's fun yeah um so we did this week we read angel rising by laverne thompson and read by ron hersig and this is the story of samuel and thalia um, Samuel is a half immortal hunter. <laughs> mm-hmm. He leads this group of guys that hunt the soulless, which are beings on earth who do not have souls. They have pure black eyes and they feed on human emotions, most often through blood, thus ki- you know, killing humans, like, kind of like vampires, but they're not called vampires. Right. And Thalia is a soulless, but she is one of the ones we discover, you know, that Samuel finally discovers, doesn't use blood. She just feeds on the emotions of people. Her favorite emotion to feed on is despair, but she doesn't cause it. She just finds somebody who's in like a depression, who's feeling depressed and, and despair, and she just sucks the despair out of them. Mm-hmm. And then she's satisfied and and full and the person is less depressed. <laughs> so it seems like a nice it does. thing to do. <laughs> Unfortunately, not all the solace are like her, but she is considered one of the old ones. And Samuel meets her. He's trying. He thinks he's hunting. He, he sees her 
go after the bait he sets for her. But she obviously doesn't bite the guy and he seems fine afterwards. So decides not, you know, I'm not going to kill her because she didn't do any damage. But he's all of a sudden very intrigued by her. She's very intrigued by him. She doesn't normally like find human men to be too appealing. Mm -hmm. And he's surprised that he's interested in someone who is technically soulless yep but their attractions are very obvious and they're growing every time they meet he follows her some more they hang out his group of hunters like find out and like a bunch of, or some of them try to like kind of throw a coup and, and revolt over him because he's hanging out with a soulless and not killing her. But he, she shows up and they kind of like discuss how they figured out or someone told them that soulless actually are fallen angels. Yeah. So this throws their whole world order into being because they are like all of a sudden they're hunting fallen angels yep. instead of who they think are like really bad vampires, uh, quote unquote. Vampire creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And so yep. they realize that not all of them are equally bad and they should only kill the ones that actually harm or kill humans. And then the additional piece that they learn is that the soulless actually can be redeemed yep. and find their one true love, their soulmate, and thus earn their soul back if they're open to it. And obviously that's kind of what's happening between Thalia and Samuel. I mean, it's obvious to us. Yeah. They do not clue into this for a very long time <laughs> in the book. <laughs> There's a lot of like, what's happening to me? Why do I feel emotions all of a sudden? You're like, because, because you're falling in love with Samuel. It's so funny that we're like sitting here like, come on, it's right in front of you. How do you not know you're in this the book? This is literally what's happening to you. So we get a lot of like, oh, I can't ever touch her again. Because if I do, I won't stop touching her forever. And then like- That happens a ton in the book. So many times that like they start kissing and then they throw each other away and go, no, don't, no. (laughs) I can't, I won't. This will never work between us. You're soulless and I'm a hunter. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There's the whole like plot about the soulless kind of amassing to create like a lot of problems for humans, like damage and- and they try to stop that and things blow up and there's all these other pieces that are happening. But really the true like core of the story is Samuel and Thalia falling in love and figuring out that they belong together. And we meet Adam, who is the first fallen angel. You I know, guess, but Adam. But also like, you know, Adam from the Bible. That guy. <laughs> you know. The Adam. The Adam. And he has a lot of shit going on in his life and he's not sharing a lot of information. (laughs) But uh, uh, then they finally bone. And it's a long time coming. I mean, I don't think it comes until like... I say two thirds of the book. Oh, easily. I think there's like only two hours left in the book when they finally fuck. And that book is like 10 hours long. It is. is. There's a lot of flirting and like heavy petting and making out. But the sex doesn't happen until later. There's a ton of making out and shit. But there's no... No, there's no actual boating until near the end <laughs> and then all of a sudden they also they do a little little blood play a little exchange of blood because whenever Thalia, Thalia gets too close to Samuel she wants to bite him and she's never wanted to bite anyone before she's mm-hmm. you know she doesn't feed on people's blood but she just really wants to bite him and her teeth come out so she keeps trying to prevent that because she's like no I'll never do it 
But then one day he's just like, no, this is the way it's got to be. And he bites her a little bit and then she bites him and then she gets her soul back. Yep. Because <laughs> somehow they've ex- exchanged blood ties and now his soul is her soul too or something like that. Yeah. They don't ever say it or state it in the book that they're like fated, but in a sense they are. That's why her fangs are coming out. That's why she feels enticed and the need to bite him. And the same for him. He feels it too. There's that pull. There's that attraction. And that is because they are soulmates. Like literally. They are literal soulmates. Soulmates. Yes. Like, yep, we've used this term loosely before <laughs> because that's just how it is in love stories. But she was a soulless and he gave her her soul back. Well, yes. part of his soul yes. went into her. <laughs> Then there's a little bit of a twist because Adam shows up and tells her that now she has her soul back. He unbinds her wings and she has the chance to be an angel again. Yeah. Because she's always led a really good life as a soulless. She's mm-hmm. always been very moral and upstanding and she's never hurt people if she could avoid it. So not only is she redeemed and gets her soul, but she has the choice. She can go up to heaven and be an angel. And live forever. Live forever, an immortal angel forever. But she'd have to give up Sam. Or she could stay here on Earth with Samuel. She will not be immortal. She will be tied to him. And he's not immortal per se, but he does live. Like, he's already like, they don't say, but he's at least 400 years yeah. old, I think. Yeah. Because he, at one point he offhandedly is like, remember the Black Plague? And I was like, well, that was a while ago. <laughs> Uh, no i wasn't no i i actually don't don't remember that sorry (laughs) i mean i've heard about it in passing but so she can live as long as he lives and she'll lose most of her power she'll still be kind of strong and kind of fast but nothing like she was Mm -hmm. she won't have all the powers of of a soulless or of an angel but she can stay here with him or she could be an angel. So then then they have a lot of tension about that because he's like, how can I ask her to give up being an angel? And she's like, how could you ask me to give up being an angel? Yeah. <laughs> but then he straight to. up does ask. <laughs> he does. After He's like, stay with me. And she does. After so long, it just goes back and forth. But as soon as she gets her wings, she's called out to duty. Like she has to go do angel stuff. And so she yeah, she can hear She can hear the needs of the humans. Mm-hmm. And so she keeps leaving to go go do angel work <laughs> yeah to do angel duties and so she has to yeah she gets called to do these things and she has she's she feels compelled to do them so she has to go and do them and all those time during all that time she's thinking about well if i lose samuel this is the love of my life he gave me my soul back he's the reason why i've got my wings and you know so yeah just, it would um, be kind of shitty to leave then <laughs> You would. Like, well, thanks, dude. Uh, I'm going to go now and be an angel. <laughs> thanks for a part of your soul. I'll see you when you die. Yeah, that is the next time I do get to see you, right? So, um, check you later. Yeah, bye-bye. Oh, buddy. No, so she doesn't. She does stay with him. She realizes she can still do good on Earth working with mm-hmm. him. And she's still very pro- powerful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's not like humans. No. <laughs> We're weak. She's not like us. Jesus, no. Yeah. yeah. So, but then there's other shit in the book, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of other shit in the book. Like There's a lot. Like, I'm not this even... This book is long. It is long. <laughs> but it's, you know, really action-y and really, like... Yeah. And it's different. I don't think... I mean, this is new kind of story. Like... It is. It's not... Have we had anything even like this? No. And I know that we've had some biblical ties before, but nothing to this. No. One of our recenter books, the vampires were, like, descendant of Cain, right? Yes. And Cain and Abel are in this book. Yes. Adam well, and Well, Ab- Abel is officially Cain. Yes. 
is in a sleep during this book, but he's about to wake up. Yeah. So I think he's part of the next book. <laughs> so we get a lot of we got a, a lot of biblical ties here that well I don't understand them because I don't know. Which no, way they go. I mean they they are there, but they're also not. It's not like pure the Bible. No, it's, it's not. Being, it's being like twisted to right. fit this story, like yeah. this narrative that. All of these characters that we thought we knew from the Bible are actually angels that were thrown out of mm-hmm. heaven. But they weren't the really bad angels like in the Uprising who followed Lucifer. So they don't Beelzebub end up in hell. And all, like the big. <laughs> yeah. So they don't end up in hell because they didn't revolt. They just apparently the bulk of them were just indifferent when the revolt happened. <laughs> so God was like, okay, well, fuck you people who tried to overthrow heaven. <laughs> and then fuck you people who didn't do anything about it. <laughs> Why haven't we read verses of the Bible and talk about them, Kalita? Why isn't that happening? Can you imagine the two of us? One, I wouldn't understand a goddamn <laughs> word, any of it, any of it. That would be the most ridiculous. Yeah. I don't think anyone would want that. No. No. <laughs> it wouldn't be what anyone wants to hear me go on a soapbox about. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, you're right. This does have a different twist on it. Laverne really puts her own little spin on the different characters and stuff of yes. the characters of the Bible. So it's pretty interesting. And Dahlia and Samuel are really good people, quote unquote people. They're great yes. characters. I really enjoyed the binding of their love in this story and how they grew together, how they first met, how there was that attraction that you just couldn't quite get, you know, like, because they had all these barriers and all these things like, I I want it, but I can't have it. Let's touch. Let's not touch. I want to kiss you. Let's kiss. Okay, but I don't want. (laughs) So it was always a lot of back and forth going, but you knew instantly, obviously, these are the books we read, but you knew instantly that it was going to be something really genuine. God, I fucking love Samuel. I'm sorry. I don't even know if you finished telling the book or not yeah no though i did okay (laughs) that's all i got no samuel is just really hot yeah fuck yeah can i tell you that every single one of my men for the past mm, i want to say five books including the this one and the one i'm currently reading has been henry cavill (laughs) (laughs) every single one i just can't i can't get he's like the perfect i think typecast character for a supernatural hottie i don't know why yeah. i think after watching the witcher even without his white hair you know even at, even as just just like maybe like a sexy billionaire or something he's got the look yeah and he's sexy he's god he's, he's in, hot in the witcher god damn he's hot in the witcher so he's just that's just who plays him every single mm. book that's henry's there so even for this one you had samuel yeah and playing samuel mm-hmm. oh I <laughs> mm-hmm. I had someone who looked a little bit more like Duncan McLeod from The Highlander. <laughs> nice. Because the dude has long hair. He does. And like, he's always wearing leather and a bike and that car. And that's very Duncan-esque. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he fights in a dojo or something. Like, mm-hmm. when we first meet him, he's in a gym. But I think it's... It's like a martial arts gym. Yeah, I think so. Because there was a class happening. and Yeah. So I had a very, like, yeah. I had a very very Duncan McCloud-esque vibe to him. Nice. God, I miss those shows. (laughs) I love the Highlander. Those are the best. (laughs) Well, speaking of Highlander and... Henry uh, Cavill. Cavill, 
There is a a tweet that he's gonna be in the next. Hi- they're the making next a Highlander movie, and he's the Highlander. Oh, that's gonna be the best movie ever. I would just pause it and watch just him. Oh, he could just yes. sit there and not do anything, and I would be a hundred percent fine with it. He's very attractive. God, I just don't understand how someone can be that attractive. How is that possible? I don't know. All right. Anyway, that has know. nothing to do with this book, guys. We're I sorry. Don't know. <laughs> But if you can just imagine him and yourself in any one of these makeout and sex scenes, oh. you are one hundred percent satisfied. Trust me. On yeah, that. these scenes are they're hot. good. They're sexy. They sexy. are sexy. <laughs> sexy scenes. <laughs> I mean, because these are two really attractive people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know all of our books are, but like sometimes they're hotter than others. Like, yeah, she's supposedly hotter than the hottest supermodel. <laughs> of course (laughs) why thank you thank you for writing me into your book (laughs) and they're just so intensely attracted to each other like just from the very beginning yeah i do have to say i used to get super annoyed of the back and forth between makeout scenes and the dry humping and the almost sex i always just Mm -hmm. want them to fuck right away (laughs) but i think i realize now that i don't actually want that because I love the makeout scenes and I love the scenes that lead on to the actual sex because it builds that tension, it builds that relationship, the love that they have for each other. So mm-hmm. I think I've been fooling myself this whole time about, I mean, I still love those sex scenes, but mm-hmm. before I was frustrated with it, but that's just because I enjoy it so much better when the actual sex comes. Yes. I know. You know? Yeah. I mean, but there definitely has to be teasing and foreplay. Yeah. It can't just be like nothing and then all of a sudden two thirds, you know, three quarters of the way through the book, they suck. No, they have to, we need those like makeout sessions and like for them to be almost like, God, he was so close so many times and she just kept going, no, no. Yes. Yes. (laughs) No. And we got a scene that we've never had before, which was him coming in his pants. He did. He did. Oh my God, so good. Yeah, that one was good because he was so shocked. He was like, whoa, dude. <laughs> he was shocked and he was embarrassed and he was, she was just like giggling a little. This was their first sex scene, I believe, right? Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. And I don't remember what they were doing prior to, but he, I think he'd like sat her down, opened her legs and started going down on her and then he moved her to the bed and then uh well he was he was going down on her and then he he bit her thigh oh, that's and it was right. the combination of her juices and her blood mm-hmm. that made him come his pants yes <laughs> and he was just like shit he's like oh and so he like stands up real fast and strips his pants off but he's still like rock hard of course so he's like oh okay I'm no still problem good to let's, kill. let's do this again <laughs> i was like realistic part of the book he comes in his pants not realistic <laughs> is he's still ready to go <laughs> round two <laughs> round two Fight. well even later on in a, in a different scene after she's become an angel or she's gotten her wings back her soul back they have sex a couple of times and he thinks he's done he's just like nah i'm spent uh, you know nothing's gonna happen and she's like we'll see because <laughs> she wanted to go down on him some more yeah and so she's even he was like whoa i guess my dick's ready <laughs> you never know you never know with those things they're very wild yeah that's a new thing you discover when you finally have your soulmate i guess is yeah. your 
your dick is always ready. But they were good. They were super steamy, super hot. I, I highly recommend them. Yeah. I recommend this book for sexy, sexy times. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about? So I think something that's kind of important for the book is the emotional ties of the characters. Because, like, for so much of the story, it's that the soulless don't have emotions. Yeah, and they totally did. (laughs) And they totally did have emotions. But I guess they're not supposed to. And that keeps, like, upsetting Thalia because she's like, why do I feel things? And when she's around uh, Samuel and, and she keeps thinking she's like stealing his emotions because that's how she feeds is to, to drain emotions mm-hmm. out of people. And she doesn't want to feed on him. And she doesn't want to feed on him. And at first he's like, just take, you know, my lust. It'll feed you. And and she does. And it does feed her. But he also isn't like harmed by it. like it doesn't diminish his lust. Right. He <laughs> like, still wants her. <laughs> he still wants her. He's still very lustful. So it's interesting because I think part of what was hard in this book is what is an emotion versus what is just things that you feel like what you feel are emotions. <laughs> yes. But I think they were trying there was there was like trying they were trying to draw a line between some of the things. Like, well that's an emotion and I don't feel that. Yeah. It I think the best character that they were able to portray the emotionless part of the soulless ones Mm -hmm. was Adam. I think he was probably the best at portraying no emotion. But Thalia definitely had emotions. And those two club guys had emotions. Yeah. You know? It was hard to get a handle on that. Yeah. Because, yeah. It... To me, I don't know. It didn't take away from the story as much, but it did confuse me as I was listening to it. Yeah. I Also, I do have to say that with Ron's narrating, which I, I enjoyed his voice. He's got a really deep, drawling, sexy voice. And he's able to do these like little accent. They're not, it's not even an accent, but it's like a, what is it called when you have a... Um, he accentuates in different ways and mm-hmm. he does this like really gravelly thing at the end of when he talks or when he says a sentence or something and oh my god it's it's super sexy but it's hard to tell which character he's trying to be because they all sort of sound the same so yeah. when you have when you have emotionless characters that's why I think Adam came out so well it's because he did Adam so well but I didn't pick up I guess different emotions or true emotions from any of the other characters and I think that was Ron but I don't know you know what I mean like yeah his voice is sexy and I love the way his voice sounds but he, he didn't really like accentuate his characters as well you know what I mean I I knew I do I do I think his yeah he, he his just speaking voice is really hot mm-hmm. some of his choices for characters was challenging but I'm trying to think of like something else that the solace could have not had that maybe would have been easier to comprehend or like to make sense out of because I do think it's hard to say that they had no emotions okay and I don't I don't know what else would have been the thing that they were missing by having no souls yeah because I could see you not having an emotion if you didn't have a soul but I think that then all their motivations would be really challenging yeah exactly and they had a purpose or they had things that they wanted to do and did well they were they were empty and so they sought to fill that emptiness but I feel like even that alone is an attempt you requires an emotion to want to fill the space Mm -hmm. you know I don't know what is it that they could lose that's more yeah it's I think 
there was just a lot going on with the with that piece of it. I like I liked everything else about it, but I thought I, that one was hardest to understand. Yeah, and the hard uh, the hardest piece to kind of to get, and it made it challenging. I think for the hunters to understand what really they were hunting. Yeah, and we saw that play out because there's kind of a schism happening in the hunters between the ones that follow Samuel and Samuel's very strict that they only kill soulless who have shown harm. Right, that are bad. Yeah, that they can, you know, have a proven kill or a proven harm to a human because there was apparently a period of time where they were just really killing indiscriminately. Mm -hmm. What did you think of the whole two stories about his sister and his, like, kind of his origin life? So his story, the way he thought things happened is his father was a soulless. His dad met his mom, met Samuel's mom, right after she'd been beaten by her first husband, who had given her a daughter. Yes. You know, they had a daughter together. And Samuel's father was so upset that he killed her husband and fell in love with her and became her second husband. And thus they had Samuel. Mm -hmm. So he has a half-sister from a previous, you know, from his mom's previous relationship. Well, they ended, like, his parents die and his sister's old enough that he gets raised by his sister. And she is the one that basically turns him into a hunter because she tells him all this terrible things she sees the soulless do. Yes. But he he grows up thinking that, you know, she loved him and she raised him and he has these really fond memories of his sister and has this idea of what happened to his parents. But Adam tells him a completely different story yeah. and says that that little girl was like awful from the beginning. Yeah. And she encouraged the abuse of her she mom. She encouraged her mother's abuse mm-hmm. that her her father treated her like a princess and like treated his her mom awfully and yes. she was okay with that. And then when I don't remember how it happened, but somehow he still, Samuel's dad still did kill her father. Yes. It was just not the way she thought it, like that she had told him it had been. You know, she told Samuel that it was like he ripped his throat out. Like it was, but yeah. Yeah. But according to Adam, her father tried to like throw a knife at Samuel's father (laughs) and he just threw it back and killed it. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But yeah. But then like that his sister basically twisted him into this hunter. Like she was really an awful bad human and she used him to hunt down the things that he really was more like because he is part soulless. Yeah. Like he was told this story and he just was like, no, my sister loved me. Yeah. Then he moved on and I was like, oh. (laughs) And I think that's probably what, and it wasn't confusing. I, I, I understood it. I just didn't see the tie. Adam was trying to either teach him a lesson or, you know, tell him what his true history is or something. And he was like, no, that's not how I remembered it. And then it was done. It was, yeah. He was just like, no, my sister. I mean, I guess it doesn't have a true impact on his current life because it's been hundreds of years and she's been dead the whole time because she was just human. Yes. But he ended up, so he started off with that kind of hunting group and they were kind of aggressive and they just killed indiscriminately. And there was a period of time that he was pretty sure they were just killing humans too. Yes didn't even know that someone was soulless Mm -hmm. but he kind of took control over the years and made sure that hunters only went after proven soulless who had done damage so he had kind of he had a good moral compass for what they were doing because if you think you're doing something righteous it can definitely go wrong yeah if you're like i have a mission 
I know who needs to be killed. I'm the person who decides. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, oh, no, that's a recipe for a fucking disaster. And he's leading this brigade. Like, that. those are his group of men. Those are his group yes. of, of hunters. Yeah. I don't know. I think that the confusing, because he is such a good person. Samuel knows his morals and he's, yeah. he's not a bad person and he understands that. So, especially when he starts to realize that maybe they did it, it kill innocent humans who weren't soulless. But I don't see the tie-in between what Adam is telling him of his sister is that she was not a good person. She was evil in a sense. But he was Mm -hmm. then raised to be this really badass hunter and he turned out to be a good person. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. But I guess that's kind of, maybe that's the point. He is such a pure soul that even with this attempt by his sister to contort him into a, you know, a weapon that she wanted him to be against the, anything and yeah. the soulless in particular that, and since he didn't, he didn't fall to that and he kept his moral compass. That makes him a good soulmate for one of the fallen. Oh yeah. Or, okay. Or the soulless. Yeah. Because he could uh, share his soul with her in, in her redemption. Maybe that's how you become somebody who can provide redemption to the fallen. Yeah. The that soulless. makes sense. I keep saying the fallen, but they were, they were, but did you, this is a side note outside of this, but did you see the story or the news? Remember the book we read a while back, Fallen Academy? Yes. They've optioned it for a movie. Now, <gasps> Ooh, it's early cool. days. It just got optioned. So it, that doesn't mean it'll become a movie or even anytime soon. But was that, was that one of the ones we casted? I don't think so. We casted a couple of our books, but I don't think that was one of them. How cool. Wait, Fallen Academy, did that one, that one ended up being, No. what am I thinking of? Oh, it was the YA. I I mean, it was a little YA. It was a little, it was, it's verging on YA because she is. They still had sex. They did have sex. They're like, it's, it's, um, like new adult. Okay. Okay. Instead of young adult. Cause she, she's like graduated high school, but she was in. This was the one with, she had the trainer who like at first didn't like her and then they ended up, they played volleyball and the beach and, yes yes okay. the volleyball scene at the beach yeah. scene yes yes yeah because she has some of all the angels right she's angel touched by but but she's also part demon she yes. has to go to the demon school because she was sold into demon by her mom her made that deal to yep. save her dad okay oh i didn't hear about that how fun i just saw it today so that's why i mean it was on um I want to say Instagram or Twitter, but nice. it was uh, uh, Leah Stone's book from nice. episode 60, if anyone, <laughs> sorry to bring that up in the middle <laughs> of this episode, but that's why I think that's why I keep saying The Fallen. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that is. Because that was, that book was called The Fallen. Academy. Academy. Mm-hmm. Year one or something yep. like that. Cool. Well, I can't wait to see that. Yes. Anyway, uh, this book. So, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, your soulmate just needs to be cool, and then you have good hot sex. I think yeah, that's the story, right? That, that's the story. That is it. That is it. And you know, if your guys just like here, sit down on this chair, let me casually part your legs and pleasure you with my mouth. You know, it's okay. I mean, if you want, sounds it. okay. Sounds well. Yeah, that's true. Great to me. <laughs> you know, and then. And then casually move to the bed and get it on from there. Cool. Yeah. I'll take it. Let's do our kiss and tell. Okay. Okay. So in this book, and this sort of actually relates to our quickie too, they have a almost an accidental first date. 
So she goes to the theater by herself and Samuel is sort of following her and he makes it to the theater as well. And they know they can feel each other's presence. They have, you know, been talking and sort of working together. He's trying to figure her out. He knows that she is a solace and normally he would kill her, but he just can't. He just can't do it. Well, and he's already starting to get a little bit protective of her. Yes. Like when she showed up at the meeting, he was like mad if anybody even looked at her legs. <laughs> yes, he, was, he did. He was, like, he was already getting possessive and he was like, nobody kills her. That is an order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so she's in the theater. She sits by herself and he sits down next to her. They don't say a single word. And she just takes his hand and they sit and watch the show without saying a dang thing to each other while holding hands. And I love it so much i just think that's such an endearing like i want that shit to happen in real life you know like it's so it's so sweet you don't have to say anything at all and it's you just already feel the emotions but anyway so our kids and tell for this episode is um any memorable first date that we may have had whether it was something similar to this which i doubt um (laughs) (laughs) or i mean just like anything fun that you've done anything that's super you know that's that stands out you know if you've had sex with somebody on the first date or the greatest dinner you ever had or whatever you know just something memorable you have to go first okay i'll go first i want to say the I don't know if I'm going to, I guess I can consider this a first date. So I was sitting with my friend Peggy at the Breakfast King, which is still a restaurant, by the way. I did not think it was going to make it through the pandemic, but that bitch made it through, which is good. Uh, it will survive all, uh, uh, for all apocalypse. time. Apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, and so, I don't know, it was probably like two in the morning and Daniel. That's the, that's the only time you're ever at the Breakfast King. You can't King. go any other time. It's, it's only open <laughs> after bar close. Yes. <laughs> so we're just sitting there, you know, just like drinking, smoking. Actually, I don't know if they allowed smoking in there. But it's like two in the morning and Daniel texts me and he's like, hey, do you want to go play pool? I'm like, yes. I come to find out later that I was like, obviously, the last girl he texted everybody else had turned him down. <laughs> but he said he started at the top and went all the way to the bottom. So he started with A, got to S, and I was the only one that was like, I'll be there because it was pool. And I love pool. So we yeah. went to go play pool at table six. And I mean, we have been inseparable since that night. And I could tell you that was like August 9th, 2002 or 2000. I think it was 2002 or 2003. And so I played pool with him and his friend, his roommate at the time. And then we went to King Supers and he pushed me around in a shopping cart. And I let him touch my boobs because I said they felt... I said they felt really plushy. I was like, my boobs feel plushy. And I don't know what I was wearing. I was flirting. I was of being course. a 19-year-old. And, yes. and I just let him pat the top of where, if I had cleavage, that's where it would be. And, and he patted them. And then that night, we fell asleep watching The Lord of the Rings, I believe, the first one. Then he took his friend to work or his roommate to work. And he came back. And that was the first time we ever had sex was that morning the morning after i fell asleep at his apartment so that was that was my i think most memorable first date even though it wasn't like officially a date but it reminds me a lot of like you know thalia and samuel where i mean he was following her Mm -hmm. and she knew he was there but it wasn't like planned in a sense yeah so it was just kind of like out of the blue and it was sweet and nice and i really liked it oh that's cute um so I think mine, the only one that's really kind of date e 
first date E that I can think of was we'd been talking, like texting, we'd reconnected via, I don't, I think Facebook probably, because how else do you ever reconnect? Right. <laughs> and we'd been texting for a, a week or a couple of weeks. And then like, it was a weeknight and I don't do things on weeknights, you know? And it was pretty late already and I'd already like showered and he's just like, I'm coming to see you. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> uh... And so he he headed down to my side of town because we didn't live near each other. And he took public transportation to get there. And I was like not prepared for him to just like come over to my house or anything. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> so I had to, we had to go meet somewhere. And it was in a part of town that just does not have like bars and things. Like it had one bar and it was, God, I forgot its name. But when Denver went smoke free, there were like four establishments that were like yeah cigar bars so that you could Shotgun still smoke willies. it up. well it was definitely not shot <laughs> that's the only way but it was uh it was a cigar bar so you could still smoke in it <laughs> and we went oh we met over there and sat out like on a patio and, and talked and had a couple of drinks and we ended up closing it down again it's a weeknight and i'm like i have to fucking i have to work <laughs> you so early work in early. the morning yeah and we closed the bar down and then he was like stuck on that side of town now because he took the you know public transportation and there and it doesn't run after does like not. midnight or sometime so i'm like shit you know, I'm not going to make you, like, walk home or sit outside, I guess. So I was like, okay, you can come in and spend the night. But I get up really early and go to work. And you're going to have to go with me at that point. Because I had a roommate who was like, what is going on? I was like, I don't know. Don't ask me. <laughs> but I was like, I'm not going to sleep with him because that's too early. <laughs> so I let him sleep in the bed with me. But, like, you know, no, no touchy. No touchy. <laughs> No touchy. And then got up real fucking early. I was like, this is when I get up. Did you sleep? And Did you actually fall asleep? Probably not. But that's I just don't sleep well next to people anyway. That's so true. that wouldn't have been unusual for me. And also my bed is a at that time was a full, which is fine for me alone. But this was not a small dude. So, <laughs> <laughs> so oh. it's a pretty makes the bed kind of type. But yeah. That was our first date. I don't think I ever heard this story before. No? No. Oh, well. Because I I yeah. don't know who it is. It's... Okay. I thought he had a car. No. Oh. Never. 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 Oh. Uh -huh. Okay. Nope. I drove him around for two years. <laughs> wow. Really? Yep. Oh, my God. I hate him even more now. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> well, and when he left me... And started dating that other chick. She also didn't have a car and she lived in like the springs. How the fuck did... What? I didn't understand anything that happened to me. Oh <laughs> I was like, God. none of that makes... Like, that fundamentally does not make no, sense. That is a doesn't. bad maneuver. <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, my God. I mean, it's okay. It works out. It's good. I mean, you're still, better off, but... It was so stupid. I was so confused. I was like... Don't get you're it. You're dating someone who doesn't have a car and who lives even further away? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's an idiot. Why? <laughs> I 
Why? Why? Wow. Such crazy. But yeah, that was that's my first. Thing. Yeah. No, I I mean I like it aside from the fact that it was with him. Well, yeah. But it's still a it's still it's still yeah. a fun story. But it's still a good yeah. That's still good times. I think. Well, good. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Fun fuck fact time. Let's do it. So this one does not relate to our book at all. I mean, other than our book has orgasms in it and it's an article about orgasms. So I guess it relates. Look. (laughs) Orgasms in the pants. (laughs) Yes. But this is an article, A Gyno Busts the Most Common Orgasm Miss. It's by Somi Javaid. Javaid, And it's on swell.damewellness.co. And it's just a couple of myths about the female orgasm and how we have come to believe shit about it that is not accurate. <laughs> Learn us, please. Please. So like myth one, that the vagina is a vulva haver's most important sex organ. And we know that that is uh, not true, <laughs> that uh, women have a lot of other or- sex organs that really matter, like the brain, the skin, the clitoris, like all these other things that really have to kind of be... Uh, working Included. together everything's got it it's all parts and pieces that need to be yes. like worked in a certain way in order for it to really yes <laughs> really help for orgasm for pleasure you know that all people with vaginas can orgasm for penetrative sex that's uh actually mm. only about 25 percent can <laughs> many of us need other things <laughs> you know are that myth three that all vulva havers can have multiple orgasms this book and all of our books really really lean hard on that myth they do <laughs> and it's um they don't have a hundred percent you know their stats vary but only 15 to 40 percent of women can actually have multiple orgasms they think so it's not guaranteed and don't assume that you can get there or that they want you to get there right exactly (laughs) some women or some vulva havers have never had an orgasm so they assume they never will but it's just there's multiple types of dysfunction that can happen you know like trauma past traumas can maybe be affecting your ability Mm -hmm. there's things that might physically like there's certain um, anatomy issues that could be working like working against you talk to your doctor there might be you know solutions that you can find to help with that yeah so the one we've talked about many times before is the orgasm gap yeah uh 20 of all women state that they do not orgasm while only two percent of men report that <laughs> that's a gap <laughs> that's a huge gap let's work on that yes um <laughs> So anyway, so this, yeah, well, you know, this article is just about like, look, there's a lot that sex ed did not, well, if any of us even got a real honest to God sex ed class, which a lot of us didn't, there's a lot that wasn't right in it or that uh, they don't teach. (laughs) They don't teach. They left it out. So it's time for us to start sharing information about it. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that that article will help, hopefully. It's time to open up the truth narrative behind all of this is what it is. It is. Keeping us behind that wall that you guys so like to keep us behind. Yeah, I mean, obviously it goes back to a lot of the stuff where historically we haven't it's a it's a form of control because mm-hmm. if you don't let women even know about their own bodies and convince them that these yep. aren't things to worry about then the control over pleasure and over sex remains with men and yep. they get to dictate 
that part of lives to women and that's not cool. Nope. Not cool. So we have to know ourselves and then we have to share that information with generations so that men can like start to be partners in this plan. Exactly. And also other like not just men like all sexual partners regardless of gender should know yeah, about. Yeah yeah. R- regardless yeah. of that. If you think you are such a generous lover or a good lover you need to rethink about that because you may not be just because yeah, I mean, if you look at the percentage in the gap that Kalina was just talking about, just because you're getting off doesn't make you a good lover. That makes nope. you selfish. <laughs> that makes you that makes you the guy that gets off too easily and you're not a good lay. And also knowing that sometimes because of a lot of this like social and historical like, you know, things that have kind of suppressed and repressed women's sexuality being aware that she might not be comfortable enough yet to tell you directly. Right. So ask or try to like find other cues, verbal or, or physical cues to how it's just it, it, it can be challenging. I know there's some onus to be had on women for like talking about what they want in bed and how yeah. that affects them. And I think we're trying to get there, but not everyone is always there. So, right. you know, try to meet them part way by also being like, is this what you want? Do you like this? You know, or if they're not verbal, because we have all, we've talked about how we don't really love yeah. talking in bed. We don't. <laughs> so there's other cues that hopefully you can kind of pick up on, but just try to be a little bit more open, everyone, to your yeah. partner's needs and, it and stuff. it doesn't have to be during the throws. It could be before No, and that's after. true. You can have a conversation yeah. before or after. <laughs> Or just at some other time and space. Yeah. You know, it could be a game you guys play or something. You yeah. guys could play the quickie game. <laughs> there are like sex games like that. Yeah. Yeah, they play the quickie game. <laughs> just listen to this podcast just and then talk about it. <laughs> awesome. Well, good. That was a good one. All right. Let's rate. Okay. Let's read our thing. Let's okay. Sex book. Sex and then book. Yep. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, one, two, Three. Eight. Eight. <laughs> and seven. Six. Ah, ha, ha. nice. Okay. All right. Well, we agree that the sex is really, really hot. <laughs> oh, the sex is good. I appreciate coming in, in the pants scene. That's a fun yes, one. It is fun and it's different. Yep. And I like, it's a fun book. It's different. Um, I think the only reason I kind of gave it a six instead of a seven, which is still it's like six out of ten is still like a yeah. passing grade, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is there I mean there was a lot but there they just had there were still pieces that didn't get solved but then other like new problems came up at the end that I was like we've only got like an hour left why are we doing why is there a new problem yes <laughs> that yeah. came out of nowhere and had to get solved all of a sudden and I was like why <laughs> mm-hmm. so I think I would have narrowed some of that extra stuff like I would have narrowed some of the scope of it just for flow and for <laughs> storytelling yeah but that's my only concern i mean it's still good it's still fun oh the, and there were other open parts like the whole sister story yeah <laughs> i think i, forgot I don't about think that one ever closed and chris where the the bad guy like yeah where did he go he, we don't he's know got a vendetta against samuel and thalia and we don't know where he went so but um yeah you're right there are some open pieces of it i really i just really loved the um for me why i got a seven was because of the intensity of the relationship as they Mm -hmm. moved through all of these different things that they were doing to discover what it was that they needed to do about being soulless about the fallen angels and and all of that and they were both decent characters like they were good hearted characters and they They were both badass 
oh, and yeah. respectful of each other. And his uh, jealousy didn't go way crazy like it does in some of no. these books. No. He really just didn't want them to kill her. Yeah, that's Which mainly... is like fair. That's fair. Yeah, don't kill the girl that I'm courting. <laughs> I'm please. kind of falling in love with yeah. this lady. Let's not kill her yet. Yeah. yeah. I like that. That's a pretty reasonable statement. <laughs> I'm okay with that kind yeah, of uh, jealousy. <laughs> I'm, I'm down with that. I think that's good. So, yeah, I appreciate it. Still, I think it's fun to, to listen to. We listen to it. and Yeah. You know? some, you know, let's at some point we'll we'll finish the series, read the second one. I mean, I guess I don't know if there will be more or if it's just those two, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we shall see. All right. Well, what are we reading next? So for our next book, we are going to read Silver Silence by Nalini Singh, narrated by Angela Daw. Dave? Yeah? Dawee? I apologize. We'll find I'm, out when we, we listen. We will find out. We haven't read Nalini since year one. Year one. Year fucking one. And we loved that Angel book. That was a great book. Or at least I loved it. I don't know if you remembered it. I do. And I think I did like it. Yeah. It and great. I just realized that this year might be really heavy Angel wise. <laughs> we were really heavy Dragon wise last year. Yeah. So. And I feel like. That's all right. um, this year might be angels. Well, we're, we're doing the angels this time, which I, yes, it is, because our next one is actually an angel, too. The, well, two not in two this episodes ago was angel. Order. Yeah. Or oh, three that's... episodes ago was angel. Is Silver Silence about angels? I think it's part of that world, but it might not is it, be. Oh, it might be the next book? It's not the next. I know it's not. It is the first book in the Psy Changeling Trinity. But the 16th book in the Psy Changeling books. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> so, we might get some characters that have been introduced before but that I, we've never I, met. They might not be angels. Because the Psy, Psy Changeling doesn't sound like angels. That sounds like Is some it T-S-A-I? Psy. Uh, P-S-Y. So, like, psychic. Oh, oh okay. 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 Psy. I don't know. All right. You know, we'll, we'll find out. When we, we will listen. find out. Yeah. We'll and then we'll tell you. We will. We'll do the exact same thing that we just did. It's kind of what the podcast is about. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of why we're here. I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So join us for that. Yeah. Silver Silence by Nalini Singh. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, please feel free to reach out and talk to us about anything you want. You can find us on social media at Shh Dirty Books on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and now TikTok. <laughs> uh, I've posted only one. I need to get back on that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we did one. <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get there. Or you can email us directly at shdirtybooks at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> and you can visit us on our website at shdirtybooks.com and find us on most places you can find podcasts. And if you can, rate, review, subscribe to us and give us some love if you'd like. And thank you, Jim Townsend, for the music. And uh, yeah, this is Saylette. And this is Kalina. And we'll see you later. Yay. Bye-bye. Yeah, you've been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Galena and Saylette. Be sure to tune into the next episode. Some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format 
It allows you to give a rating. Please do that for them. 